Cousin Allie? Cousin Mark? Hello, welcome to your podcast, Space Trash. Oh, thank you for having me. I was wondering if maybe you brought somebody... As a matter of fact, I did. I brought the one and only... Are there more of you? No. Oh, Alec Maximovich. Hello. <laughs> Cousin Alec, welcome. I have a little bit of like this feeling like like it's Mr. Rogers' neighborhood and like <laughs> you just just Mr. McFeely, you just like brought over a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of the puppets. He did bring in the mail, so <laughs> See, thanks. That's what living in this neighborhood's all about. It's true. On one, two, three podcast street. <laughs> uh, well, I was thinking it probably only makes sense, Mark, for you to introduce our guest since you guys kind of know each other. I think. Um. Yeah, we've we've met once or twice. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we have lived together since 2016. Uh, we've known each other over 10 years, over 10 years now. Wow. (laughs) And (laughs) yeah, we went to film school together and now I listen to him play music in his room and in our living room. (laughs) Wow. I was going to ask that question because as happens, like when you're driving and you're thinking random things, I was driving home from work this evening and I was like, I wonder how Mark actually met Alec. I don't remember that story. So there you go. Oh, yeah. Um, So we went to DeSales University in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Um, We met the overnight, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, before you accept your, not invitation, your, before you start going there, they (laughs) have... (laughs) Before enrollment. Yes. Thank you. Um, They'll have, like, students host potential students. You know all the terms I don't. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So we met, it was uh, for Film Fest. Yeah. So that's that's what we met. And and we've been best of friends ever since. Yeah. The chemistry is palpable. (laughs) (laughs) yeah well thanks for having me on guys of course thanks for coming to hang out what is it that you do with your creative self um well i'm in a band called pat's run and so that is what i do creatively um and then for work i'm in pharmaceutical marketing which is less fun so (laughs) Yeah, I feel like, don't you feel like most creative people who have creative side gigs, like their day job is like completely, no one in their day job would have any idea. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, I feel I that. Kind of love that. I kind of love that we're underground. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have double life. We're like Hannah Montana. <laughs> I feel that way every day. <laughs> When you put on your wig. (laughs) It's a little awkward at first. But this is what we do. Like, people don't expect that you have so much creative talent. And 
if I could just fangirl for one second, you have so much talent, Alec. Your music, I was jamming out and having such a blast, and I cannot wait until you perform live somewhere or in my backyard or somewhere because (laughs) your music is just such... There's just so much range. Like you have, I I think I was listening to, uh, oh Jenny, and I'm like ready to dance around, and then I hear put on a record, and I'm like crying. Yeah. So oh Jenny, every that we we share all of our writing credits officially, um, but we always like root the songs with one or another. So so oh Jenny was rooted for my friend Matt, who's in a band with me. Um, mm-hmm. so that's kind of his baby and then we brought it to life in the studio and then put on a record is more from my mind um, <laughs> so I wrote that 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 song took four years to write start to finish <gasps> it uh I think it turned out really well so oh my god the amount of beauty and pain and depth and emotion I was literally as a poet and a writer I was blown away oh thank you that's so nice to hear yes you're very welcome oh I like that you. was a moment we were all like aww yeah. <laughs> just our you, moment I, I have like two questions that come out of that yeah sure the first is it would be pretty cool I think if you just like tell us who all is in your band and what they do as part of it and then the second is, what is songwriting like for you? Like you just said, it takes four years. Like yeah. I would love to know the process. So that's two different. So in my band, it's just me and my friend Matt. Um, okay. So he does most of the vocals on our albums, um, and he plays guitar, um, and he writes a whole lot he writes like 10 songs a week. Um, so it, his, his and my writing styles are very different. Um, and so for like the album, he did a bunch of vocals and then um, he does some guitar work. And then our producer played drums on the album. And then any other instrument is, oh, we did have a trumpet player come in, uh, but everything else is just me. So I did all the, Electric guitar, a lot of the acoustic guitar, uh, piano, uh, bass, uh, whatever else, all the synth stuff. Alec can play pretty much every instrument (laughs) you hand him. I dabble. (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. Yeah. Um, From writing, I mean, some songs come to me uh, more quickly. I mean, I write from a very, like, folk stance it's normally just me and a piano or a guitar um yeah sometimes it's a bit of stream of consciousness to get the whole thing out but then i'll revise and edit stuff for a while um so Mm -hmm. just talking about like the specific words and structure of the song that can take i don't know anywhere from just one playthrough of me just kind of riffing it out all the way to four years depending on how i'm editing stuff or phrasing stuff and then we have the luxury of, I mean, before COVID, uh, gigging and playing out a lot. And we would find new things that would happen in the songs while playing them all the time. 
Uh, okay. So there are, I write very basic, like for the music side of it, very basic vocal lines. Um, and Matt, my bandmate, can then transform them into something way cooler. So like Put On A Record did not have all of the cool melody stuff in the vocals until Matt got a hold of it. Um, so it's it's kind of a natural evolution. And then once you're in a studio and recording, then songs take on a whole new life. So Put On A Record, mm. some songs are really easy in the studio to kind of build up. Uh, put On A Record, we almost cut twice. And I had to keep fighting. No way! Yeah, because I really believed in it. Um, and Matt believed in it too, but we just could not figure it out in the studio like to make it sound the way we wanted it to. Uh, but then we eventually, after a lot of workshopping, and I think we re-recorded the whole song like three or four times, uh, we finally locked it down to what we wanted. Yeah. Wow. So that's amazing to me because here I'm listening to it, right? And it's like, oh, well, this obviously just like, fell out of you guys effortlessly <laughs> <laughs> oh you know? no <laughs> like, I think that's probably something that's like if you think about when you were intimidated as a kid or inspired but like or people who want to get into creative fields and they're watching someone do something and they're like I could never do that like they're obviously so you know like everything comes easy to them and it doesn't like no. it four years to to make it the way you want it means that you somehow knew what you wanted in the end and you knew what you didn't want and you're willing to go through all of that effort and like trying and then trying over and over again. Yeah. And I mean, one of the, I mean, it's not only difficult from an art side of kind of perfecting it and then thinking about the music that's already out and like if you're playing with someone else like whether Matt likes it like I have stuff that I wrote just for myself that doesn't work for the band you know um yeah but then also just the emotional side of things where like one of my favorite bands the Ava Brothers um one of them went through a really nasty divorce and live they would not play certain songs anymore because it was just too hard for him to play and there's definitely mm -hmm. Weird thing about like sitting with a song about heartbreak for four years, like it's weird, you know, it's like processing kind of. Um, so yeah. that that's a whole different side of it. It's like sometimes it takes that long because like you just want to step away from that song for a couple months, you know, like you don't want to be living in it all the time. Yeah. Oh my God, that's such a good point. Like I didn't even think like when you talk about like, this is a newer term, I guess, but like the idea of emotional labor. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I know going back to like when you say how you want it to sound, mm -hmm. I know how particular you can be about sound. Yes. And how <laughs> and how much it affects both your daily life and probably your music as well. Right. Definitely. And so in the recording process, that same thing of um, really keying into things and knowing exactly what I want it to sound like. Yeah. You, have, you have amazing hearing. I do. I have crazy good hearing. Um, I can hear stuff that most people can't, uh, which is both a blessing and a curse. Uh, it helps me musically, but it makes social interaction sometimes difficult. Yeah, but... 
You you make it work. I do. And you make good music out of it. I, I try. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so good. Like, I'm just, I need to hire you. Like, we need to have a party immediately. Yeah, I'm down. Yep. We're both vaccinated. We're we half vaccinated. Yeah, my bandmate has one, too. Uh, oh, so we'll all be vaccinated come, like, and through the two-week period or whatever, come mid-May, I think. Yeah. So. You guys, I had my second vaccine shot, the Pfizer vaccine. Ah, Pfizer. <laughs> on Tuesday. And I was, got it Tuesday afternoon. I was cool. I was fine. Wednesday morning, went for a run, feeling like a boss. One thirty on Wednesday afternoon, I was like, slammed like I was exhausted almost immediately and I was like knocked out for like I was on the couch from 1 30 to 7 30 went to bed and then woke up this morning and felt like a million bucks it was the weirdest thing oh yeah everyone's been telling I already took the next day off of work because everyone's been telling me like I mean everyone hits differently but just to be safe Yes, this is my PSA to people. If you are going for the second shot, I recommend highly taking the next day off of whatever it is you think you're going to do. Yeah, that's a good point. I have, I will be getting mine on a Saturday, I believe. Hmm. So I should be good unless it hits me on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> look, look out for Tuesday because you don't know. <laughs> If you have provisor, then you have to add an extra letter before. (laughs) (laughs) That never gets old. (laughs) Oh, Oh, dear. So, Allie, when you write, write, do you have to, do you have a preference of writing, like, physically, like, with a pen and paper? Or can you write, like, digitally, like, on a computer? Or do you have a process there? It's so weird because I literally must write with a pen and paper every single day. Same. I'm the same. Mark, cousin Mark, is that you? Yes. I am a yes. pen and paper. Dude. Yeah. Hereditary thing. I have, I must, even if it is super stupid, I need to feel that feeling. So I'm definitely like a journal writer, but there are times when I'm like, give me, give me my laptop like immediately or I will explode because I must, I must put this either on my website, on my blog, or I just have to get it out of me and I have to feel the keys beneath my fingers. It's, it is definitely a sensory thing for sure. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just curious cause I can't write anything on a computer. So okay. like it, it kills my creative process. Like I can't write a song. Mm-hmm. So that's just why I was curious. Yeah, it might have to do with, this is something I never thought about cousin Alec or cousin Mark until y'all were just talking about this. So when I wonder if it's something in my brain or one's brain, because when I was very young, I knew I was a writer. I had to write. 
And then you start, like, if you internalize that, like, I'm a writer, writing is the thing that I want to do. And then you start seeing typewriters and you start seeing imagery of, like, writers that you admire and they're on their keyboards and they're on their typewriters. So maybe it's that, like, there's something subconscious going on. But as a songwriter, this the songwriters that you sort of idolized or watched, they weren't on typewriters, right? They weren't on computers. Yeah, no. Like, they were writing writing. Yeah. I thought about it. I mean, Bob Dylan would type his stuff up on a typewriter. There's footage of it, but, like, it looks like he's copying it off of paper. Um, yeah. But, yeah, most of the things I've seen, they're just jotting in notebooks or on a napkin or whatever they have, you know. Yes. Musicians aren't the most organized people. <laughs> Maybe. Oh my I gosh. You... <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I missed that. I heard a, just a little wiggle of sound. I joked. Maybe I'm a musician after Alex saying they're disorganized. Ha <laughs> 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 I got you. I got Which you. Is... Which is funny because Alec, you're so organized in our apartment. You have everything well, yeah. lined up beautifully. That's true. You you met you have a beautiful home, <laughs> whereas I'm just <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Does this go on a wall? <laughs> but wait, wait, and actually, good sidebar segue because I don't know if our listeners can hear how long your hair is right now. That is a good point. Um, my but hair, I feel like everyone needs to know about this. I feel like this has been my quarantine art project. <laughs> like, <laughs> Alec released a solo album. I just grew my hair out. <laughs> you should definitely be on the cover of a solo album. I don't care if it's the BGs. <laughs> I don't care what it is. Can we make a Space Trash album? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I mean, cousin Mark, <laughs> we must set. We have to send our viewers to your Instagram at Marky Charms. At Marky Charms, I I believe I am private, but I'll accept you. Oh, oh <laughs> gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't have license rights to say any of that. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I've realized if I make it private, then more people will want to follow me because they'll be like, "Oh, what's in there." And then, <laughs> and then they'll just see me roller skating or whatever. But it's oh my god. <laughs> but once it's they're in, they don't want to get out. It's a private club. Um, your hair is super impressive and absolutely gorgeous, and I just feel that more people should be able to enjoy. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Because this is by far the longest hair I've ever had. And for those viewers that don't know, my hair is red. And what? Right, I know. <laughs> and I guess as a kid, I always hated it because people kept it out. Yes. And like, random old ladies would like touch it in the store. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want this. It's like when I was pregnant and like for some reason a pregnant lady 
like uh, apparently your belly people can just touch it and it's like no <laughs> this is still mine <laughs> <laughs> yeah i own this is still me it's... i didn't realize that so you so growing up it was not your favorite thing and now everybody is like i wish i had cousin mark's hair yeah and now Hey, um, if anyone wants to buy it off me. <laughs> the ginger's revenge. Yeah. <laughs> Make a wig out of it. <laughs> I'll turn it off. Okay. trash giveaway. What? <laughs> the space trash giveaway. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Mark, wait till people go out as us for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear this is a what the hell audio are you video. people <laughs> who the hell are you we're space trash <laughs> um <laughs> so that was that was a sidebar that i really appreciate that we went down that path because i'm still not over the fact that your hair is that long no, believe me, I'm not either. And Alec, who finds all my hair ties That's around true. home. <laughs> How do you put them on your door now? <laughs> the hair ties. My husband now has hair ties. And I've he been... finally understands that now they're every, like, he, he understands that you can buy 20 hair ties. And then a month later, you have to buy another 20 hair ties because you don't know where they are. Exactly. I'm learning so much throughout all this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I have to buy like good conditioner now. <laughs> you do. You do. Welcome to my world. It's it's fascinating. <laughs> Alec, what's the longest your hair has ever been? Well, uh, not very long. I wear hats though. You so. do. You do have a look. I do. Philly's hat. Flannel. Boots, jeans normally. Yep. And a long cigarette. No. <laughs> Wait, is that a true story? No, that is not at all. No, I don't. <laughs> I just like the visual. <laughs> I love it. And I'm like, well, I guess I don't really know Alec. I shouldn't say anything. <laughs> I mean, he was there when we birthed the idea for the podcast. I was there on the night of Space Trash. Yes. You guys, you guys, I remember it vividly because Alec taught me more than I ever knew about satellites. And then this somehow Space Trash was the thing. And then we were like, that would be an awesome name for a podcast. <laughs> and then... How long was it after that that we recorded the first episode? Cousin Mark, it was not that long afterwards. I want to say it was August because, if you recall, it was before your birthday. It was because we talked about my birthday. Yes, your impending birthday was a topic on one of our episodes. Yes. And... There was so much, like, 2020 was so much, and there was so much going on every five seconds, and we were like, maybe we can make a podcast where some things are funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like,
like if that's okay with 2020. And then we had a couple funny episodes and a couple just mentally (laughs) exhausting ones. I love space trash. Hard hitting space trash every once in a while. Alec is our number one fan. I am. Yay! Well, we're your number one fan, so at least we have each other. (laughs) (laughs) But I can I ask another question? Am I allowed another question? We still have six minutes. Yeah, grill away. I was just curious, like what at what age did you start playing? music like you were just like i'm a musician and i know this about myself i mean i I apparently would like bang around on pianos or something like that as a kid um but i didn't start uh playing an instrument until fifth grade i picked up saxophone um Mm. but then i quit because my teacher was mean uh (gasps) and then in eighth grade i started playing piano on my own because my brother had a old keyboard he didn't want laying around um so i taught myself piano but then i was mad in high school i couldn't bring it around and i wanted something i could like bring around play for people girls whatever uh and my my brother had an old guitar laying around i would just pick up whatever my brother stopped doing um so i took his old guitar and i taught myself to play guitar then um so high school is where i started really playing a lot um, and then into college and then college, I just, there were so many music people around that it just kind of exploded, you know? Gotcha. So what was like the first time that you played for a significant audience that you felt like, whoa, you were nervous? Um, at just sales, uh, I was friends with a girl named Phoenix best, um, who's actually been on and off Broadway recently, which is super cool. Um, I was just going to say, if you're born named Phoenix Best, then something's <laughs> going to happen. Yeah, so she she was amazing. I used to support her a lot. Um, and so I would play, it was called the Bulldog Bash. It was like an acceptance day for incoming students. And I think we mm-hmm. played for like 2,000 people, something like that. That was like the first time I had like a big music audience. Um, wow, huge. Yeah, uh, but I grew up as a professional actor, a stage actor, so I was used to audiences. So like that didn't really freak me out. Um, okay. Yeah, so that wasn't. I've never been like super nervous like that. The most nervous I've ever been playing was our album release show, just because so many people showed up and we just didn't want to mess anything up. But I wasn't yeah. really nervous about the music side of it. I got you. I got you. Any other questions? (laughs) I was just trying to think like what that would feel like. Like, do you play and then you have a connection with the audience? Like you have a, you have a list of songs that you're going to play, but then do you sometimes like read the audience and like choose a different mood? Oh, always. Yeah. So (gasps) I can be a musician, I think. (laughs) So yeah, if we're if we're playing like a country club for people like fifty and up, versus if we're playing at like a bar around Philly for twenty year olds, and whether we're playing for four hours at a bar gig versus twenty minutes of a set at a show, like we structure things differently. And if things get quieter, we play more chill stuff. 
Uh, and then obviously we take requests, stuff like that. So it's, it's very interactive with the audience without being interactive with the audience, you know? Yes. It's sort of organic and you have so much to choose from that you can kind of read the room and do the thing. Yeah. That's really interesting. When you mentioned earlier about when performing songs helps you write them or more finalize them, it kind of reminded me when I did comedy briefly. It's like you get your reactions from the crowd, like what jokes you're going to say, what timing with wording and everything. And I never thought about that with music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. It's all. Oh, my God. It's all. Art. I'm so- I'm still, like, so sad that I have never seen your stand-up cousin Mark. Yes, post-quarantine, once things are getting rolling again. You're very good at stand-up. I saw you. You did. Back back in college. No, I saw you a couple years ago. I went with your sister and dad to show. To my improv show. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. That's the show. I wish I could have seen it. I heard amazing things. Allie, we didn't didn't you have the idea that we should take an improv class together? I did. We should do that. We should look into this. <laughs> Let's look into it because it is like super frightening to me, but at the same time, I'm so curious about it. I feel like you'd really like it. It must feel amazing when you just, like, freaking nail something. It does, but at the same time, it's almost so effortless. <laughs> because of <it. laughs> So, like... Did you, just, did you just flip your hair when you said that? <laughs> yeah, you got Fabio moment going oh, yeah. on. I have a fan going. <laughs> yes! Like, part of it is reacting, but not reacting... It's, mm. there's a lot all at once. <laughs> so you don't like, when you, when you nail it, you don't like sidebar and you're like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> just kills. Not kills until after the scene's done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got you. And actually just to set things up for a future episode, we also plan to do, uh, Comedy Museum Roadshow. Oh. Did you forget? I think you forgot. Completely forgot. What is this? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to go to the comedy. No, the Museum of Comedy, which is in upstate New York, because Dan Aykroyd told us to do that. Uh He said, if you want to stand-up comedian you have to do two things you have to go to the museum of comedy in upstate new york and you have to read born standing up by steve martin all right i'll add those to my to-do list yes we have a very busy summer (laughs) (laughs) i love it post-quarantine summer it's that sounds like an album Ooh, alec get on it (laughs) i'll work on it Alec, what what do you think? Do you think like this whole pandemic quarantine time was good for creativity or no? I 
I think it will be historic for the history of art, but whether good or bad, that'll be something to see. Uh, I mean, yeah, great art can come from like really bad stuff, whether it be like living in a gulag or like cutting your ear off because you're sad. But I don't know the whole, it's always a battle for me, whether like the suffering for the art really outweighs like the worth of that art like is it (gasps) um but yeah i don't know i it'll be interesting to see it'll be a chapter in history books for sure but uh yeah i don't know you just i'm literally writing this down right now suffering for art because that is such a topic that's such a thing that's a, a, a mythic Thing that has caused so much angst for actual artists and I would love to talk about that sometime yeah it's 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 interesting because I I totally believe in it but then I always look to Springsteen who always talks about how he made up most of everything he ever wrote and it was stories from other people but it wasn't things he went through most of them um yeah like he wrote racing in the streets before he had a driver's license you know it's uh, so I, I do question the validity to the statement of like, I must suffer for my art, you know, um, I think everyone was just as, uh, capable pre pandemic to make good art. Um, I think the the best thing I've seen from it is people getting back into writing or reading or playing an instrument because they had the time. And I think yeah. that is more a look into society and how much we spend time working and being business people versus taking care of ourselves. So I think that's the real conversation. Damn. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I agree with that. I've had a lot of time to think over pandemics. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't, I've been working. (laughs) Yeah. Because then the other thing I remember at the beginning of all of this, like as everything sort of came down and it was like, okay, lockdown and, Everybody's stuck at home, quote unquote, everybody, not really everybody. But it was like people were on Twitter and they were like, you know, so-and-so, I forget who it was. So-and-so wrote a novel during whatever crisis or pandemic, like this idea that now you're home doing, you know, plenty of time to create, like it better be your best creative year yet. And it was like, we don't need this pressure right now, actually, because our brains are fried and we're terrified most of the time. So it's not a creative time mm-hmm. so it could go definitely either way yeah time will tell time will tell what an absolutely gorgeous thing to say cousin mark i just repeat idioms i've heard on over my years <laughs> <laughs> you, have, <laughs> you have a couple of go-to's sure do <laughs> Alec, where can the people find you? Um, so my band is on Spotify, or I mean, it's on all the streaming things: Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, YouTube Music, whatever. Um, so we're called Pat's Run, P-A-T apostrophe S Run. We're also on Instagram and Facebook, so you can get updates about us and what we're doing, and uh, connect with us, request stuff, see gorgeous photos of us. You know, they they are very gorgeous. Oh, 
You're both so gorgeous on this amazing episode. Thank you for joining us, Alec. Cousin Thank Alec. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Anytime. All right. Next week. You heard it. <laughs> <laughs> I do next live next here. Week. Well. Next, week. <laughs> next time when we speak about suffering for art, <laughs> it'll be an uplifting episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, well, it has been a wonderful 36 minutes. <laughs> Uh-oh, overtime. This will uh, be on the Patreon Extra. <laughs> we keep teasing it one one of these days. <laughs> yeah, you think we won't do it, viewers. <laughs> well, in the meantime, are we, are we ready to close things off? I mean, you gotta do it, cousin Mark. You gotta, you gotta sign us off the way you've been signing us off for almost a year now. Yeah, and hopefully won't have to do for another. Well, you really should always wash your hands. Wearing a mask, <laughs> we're gonna see. But viewers, listeners, whatever, we will always love you. <laughs> <laughs>